What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, joined as always by David Lake. David, going to talk a lot of recruiting on this episode of the podcast, primarily about the quarterback situation, some some more, I guess you can call them dominoes, fell over the weekend or or some quarterbacks came off the board. Um, Before we get into that, how are you doing in... I think it's week nine of quarantine. I'm doing all right, man. I can talk quarterbacks all day long, so I'm excited about this episode. I think this is going to be an interesting storyline for this whole year. And I think, you know, if I'm projecting and looking ahead, I think Miami's going to be just fine. But I think the key word of this podcast from both you and me is going to be patience. And that's tough. Fans don't like being patient. But I think, I think we can lay out why that should be the case or, or the mindset of the UM fan base moving forward at the quarterback position. But, yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, you know, again, I like to keep it positive. And uh, I think sports are slowly coming back. You know, everyone's putting their toe in the water. I know you're a big Borussia Dortmund fan after this weekend. And, uh, you know, it seems like baseball's on its way, basketball's on its way. And, and you're, we're seeing college campuses, colleges around the country come up with plans to go back to school two or three weeks earlier to, to get out in front of, you know, potential flu season on the back end of semester. So people are putting plans together. You know, everyone's trying to move forward. I'm here for it. Um, just keep hoping for the best and we'll see how it plays out, but let's get into quarterbacks. Yeah. So let's take a tweet, take a quick break. Um, and then on the other side, we will, we'll talk quarterback. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. All right, guys, um, I guess we forgot to thank everyone that has given us uh, some subscriber reviews, given us the stars that has really helped out. I appreciate it big time. Uh, the mailbag yeah. was, was great last podcast. Hopefully we'll get a chance to do that again. Um, all right, David, quarterbacks. So over the weekend, Miami, one of the guys they had been in contact with, Demetrius Davis, he announced a commitment to Auburn on Sunday. He was a former Virginia tech commit that had decommitted um and he ended up picking the the tigers and there was a lot of people on on social media um 
fans that, that didn't seem to be too happy about what happened in terms sure. of Miami. You know, they didn't get this guy. And, and Demetrius is, is a talented quarterback. I mean, he's like 38-2 yeah. and two as a starter. Um, the player comp for him is, has been De'Eric King. He's, he's the real deal. So I understand it's frustrating, but at the same time, um, it isn't really the end of the world. Yeah, I think we had mentioned I, – I think we laid it out pretty clear – you know, when he did decommit from Virginia Tech, you kind of laid out, look, Auburn's probably the team to beat. We'll see if a decision comes soon after this Virginia Tech decommitment, but it's looking a lot like Auburn. That's the way it played out. Um, you know, again, he's a good player. I'm sure behind the scenes, if Miami has a successful season this year, Contact can be made again. That's the thing. Like, it's all very early right now. It's frustrating that Miami doesn't have a quarterback committed. I get it. You'd rather have a quarterback committed than not committed. But, yes, I'm with you. Not the end of the world. I think, too, maybe compounding onto that is Aaron McLaughlin committed to NC State earlier in the week. He was a guy that Miami was sniffing around a little bit, too. Um, You know, ultimately, Miami didn't go all in on him. And so that's why he committed to NC State. But you know, quarterback, quarterback dominoes are falling. Um, and yeah, we'll get into maybe what the big picture plan is for Miami here. Right. Um, the thing is, is it's a very talented year nationally at quarterback. I think uh, there was close to 20 guys in one of the most recent top 247 rankings updates. Like there's a ton of arms out there. Uh, I guess we need to outline it and point out though that there's really not a lot of arms in the actual state of Florida. Right. Um, and I think I've said that on this pot on this podcast that at one point, you know, I, I talked to a power five quarterback coach and I asked him if he thought any of these kids in state could, could play for at, at, at his school. And he said, no. Um, so that, that's making things a little bit more difficult. Uh, I, I guess a, a little side note to that IMG Academy did just pick up uh, yeah. a five-star quarterback, JJ McCarthy, a kid out of the Chicago area who was committed to Michigan. He announced a few days ago that he's going to be spending his senior season at IMG Academy. So I guess there is one big name in, in the state of Florida, but Miami I don't think has has offered him or, or there's been much of any contact since uh, Rhett Lashley's been here. So I wrote a, a pretty in-depth story Monday uh, on InsideTheU.com for yeah. our VIP subscribers kind of about what I'm hearing the plan moving forward is at quarterback. And the big takeaway, if, if you haven't read it yet, is Miami's going to be patient. And while Demetrius Davis was a target for the Hurricanes, he really wasn't the top target. From my understanding, um, since Rhett Lashley has, has been in Coral Gables, uh, and, you know, not living out of a hotel, like actually in his office, so that would have been late January, he's only really pushed for two quarterbacks like really only turned up the heat on two of them. That's Garrett Nussmeyer, who's the top 24-7 talent out of Texas. He recently committed to LSU. Uh, and the other one is top 247 quarterback Jalen Milrow, who's also in Texas, and he's currently committed to Texas. So those have kind of been the two. Um, there's yeah. been conversations with other guys, but those are the two that Miami are kind of all in on right now. And we've touched on with Jalen Milrow. Um, he committed to Texas last July, I believe, July of 2019. And why would a kid from the state of Texas that's committed to Texas 
you know, why would Miami feel like they have a chance at flipping him? I think the thinking is last cycle, the 2020 cycle, Texas took two quarterbacks that I believe both of them were ranked inside the top 100 in the 24-7 sports composite. So two high-level four-star quarterbacks in the class ahead of them. Typically, you know, you do not see uh, quarterbacks line up, you know, behind two talented quarterbacks like that. That just doesn't happen typically at most programs. Some programs, like maybe in Alabama, can pull it off. Texas, in my opinion, right now is not at that level. And so the thinking would be, okay, maybe if we take some swings at him, maybe if De'Aaron King balls out this year. Also, Jalen Milrow has a relationship with De'Aaron King, correct? Which yeah. helps. Yeah, I, I think Jalen played for the same seven-on-seven organization or, or something like that. So they're going to keep chipping away there, you know, Again, patience is going to be needed because of the current situation with the global pandemic. It's going to be hard. I mean, nobody knows when, when these guys will be able to visit any campuses across the country right now. And that might not happen during the summer at all. It might have to wait until, I don't know, September, October, maybe even after. Who knows? So you're going to have to be patient. A quarterback likely is not going to just commit to a school or flip to a school without visiting it first. Um, so I think, again, patience is, is needed. And um, I, I guess more of, of a storyline in what I wrote is I, I mentioned that Rhett isn't going to take an arm just to take an arm. So while Jalen Milrow, we know, is probably the most likely flip candidate at the current moment, that doesn't mean he won't try to make a run at some of these other guys at some point down the line. Um, let's say Miami's offense goes out there and lights it up and you know, you're eight weeks into the season. I, I think that's when you kind of start exploring your options, much like Miami did uh, back in the 2018 class when they went and got Jaron Williams and flipped him from Kentucky. So I, I think something like that could play, play out. I mean, wh- who, who would they go after? Uh, Jake Garcia, I think would make sense. You know, right. he's, he's the top 24-7 kid from out in L.A. He's got somewhat of a relationship with um, Manny Diaz and those staffers. I, I know when he threw in Coral Gables, it was Dan Enos, uh, Jesse Stone, and all those guys. But he still is somewhat familiar. So I think you could try to make a run at one of those guys. And I don't want to ever I, – I guess some people kind of read what I wrote and assumed that Miami's putting all of its eggs in one basket for Jalen Milrow. And it's, that's not really right. the case. I mean – He's a guy they like, but they're not just going to take uh, a quarterback to take a quarterback, meaning like they're not taking some, some project. Like it's going to have to check a lot of um, the boxes that Rhett Lashley likes. After checking in with your sources at Miami more about kind of the quarterback situation since the last podcast we had, Andrew, uh, I know in the last podcast you kind of brought up Bubba Chandler, who's a, you know, kind of fast rising quarterback out of Georgia Clemson's making a move kind of a baseball kid that has a high upside in football potentially. Have you learned more about maybe Miami's thinking with Bubba Chandler? Have you learned more about Bubba Chandler as a prospect period? Well, I think he's the one other name that Miami fans should kind of have circled now that, now that McLaughlin's off the board, um, 
Demetrius Davis is off the board. Garrett Nussmeyer is off the board. I mean, I, I will throw this nugget in here. Like, I do think that Rhett will keep recruiting Garrett Nussmeyer. I mean, is he going to have a chance to, to flip a kid from the defending national champs? Pro- probably not, but who knows? Maybe LSU uh, gets Miller Moss or, or something crazy happens. So I think that he there's a, a slim chance that he's a name we could be talking about at, at some point down the line. But Bubba Chandler, he, he's out of Georgia. Um, he's really the other quarterback to know, like I said, aside from Jalen Milrow. He is a fast-rising talent. I think you said it. I mean, I, I believe he's going to debut in the 24-7 sports rankings as a, as a three-star prospect. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a four-star prospect by the time all of this is uh, said and done. And I mentioned checking a lot of the bo- right boxes for, for Rhett Lashley, and Bubba Chandler does that. I mean, he throws 90 miles per hour. Uh, he's a switch hitter, so he was committed to play baseball at Georgia. Uh, has since kind of backed off that. Now he wants to play both both sports in, in college, and Clemson and Miami are both telling him that he can do that. He's apparently a scratch golfer, uh, can dunk in basketball, and last year was really his first year of playing football. So that has some thinking that he has a very high ceiling as a quarterback as he's not someone who has been um, specializing in, in playing quarterback since they were in ninth grade or or even since like seventh grade, you know, when you get these private quarterback coaches. So he's an intriguing one, I think. Like when you watch this film, it's yeah. there's definitely something there. Um, I just do think it's going to be pretty hard to beat Clemson. Although if you're Miami, look, man, you, you can sell a kid on, hey, you're going to have a chance to come in and compete in, in 2021. Clemson doesn't have that luxury uh, because after Trevor Lawrence, they got DJ Ugalele, uh, who's a five-star quarterback and, uh, was the number two player in the country. Can we, uh, can we go and touch now on, on a, what I find to be the most interesting nugget maybe from your VIP article about the quarterbacks, and that's also keyword being patient. Miami is not ruling out the possibility of exploring the grad transfer quarterback market after the season, correct? Right. Um, and from from what I've heard, like Miami's always going to be open to to bringing um, help, guys that can help right away and and make you better. Uh, and, and I mean, obviously, Manny's done that. He's been the king yeah. of the transfer portal the past uh, two seasons. But I, I don't think many people realize like Rhett Lashley has done this before. It's not just Derek King. When he was at uh, Auburn, he he was the main reason why the Tigers got Jarrett Stidham. And I know people will point out that he really wasn't a graduate transfer, but he did play at Baylor, went to a junior college, didn't play football, uh, and then ended up at Auburn before making it to the league. And then when he was at SMU, he went after Shane Bichelle. So uh, I think if the right arm were to come available uh, this off season, why not bring him in just to compete with what you have, knowing that you open the 2021 season in Atlanta against Alabama. Let me tack on to that point you made about Rhett Lashley and having experience with uh, transfer quarterbacks and having success with those guys. I think you could even go back further. And again, he was a GA. He was not the offensive coordinator, but Rhett Lashley saw firsthand the type of impact a transfer quarterback, high level transfer quarterback can make on a team when he was with Auburn in what was it? 2010. 2009, I forget the exact year, but Cam Newton obviously went to Auburn as a transfer quarterback, 
transform that team into a national title title contender. I think too, you could also put uh, Nick Marshall in this category, who was a JUCO transfer, came from the JUCO ranks, transferred into Auburn uh, when Rhett Lashley was was on staff there under Gus Malzahn in 2013. They went on to win 12 games, I think, and competed for the national championship. Uh, Jared Stidham, you mentioned, you know, 3,000 passing yards. They won 10 games that first season. He was at Auburn. And then Shane Bichelle, they won 10 games uh, at SMU when he transferred there. So Rhett Lashley has a track record of seeing and being on coaching staffs of transfer quarterbacks going into a new program and winning at least 10 games. If I was a betting man, I would probably bet that trend will continue with Derek King this year. And honestly, I think that's something Miami should lean in, lean into is being a transfer destination for quarterbacks. I think, you know, as a, I think college football fans, I think even college football writers and people who really follow the sport closely need to recalibrate how we think about the acquisition of quarterbacks with the transfer portal now being a thing that's not going anywhere. And also this one-time transfer rule, this free one-time transfer rule that's floating out there, it's probably going to be enacted, I would say, within the next two years. That's going to open up even more doors for, for potential quality quarterbacks to explore. And I think, again, we've seen already how at other positions – Miami has proven to be a uh, destination for an attractive destination for transfers. I don't see why that can't be the, the case at quarterback. If you have an offensive coordinator that like Lashley that runs a system that would be attractive to quarterbacks. So if I'm them, I totally lean into that. You know, we can get into too how I think, honestly, just from a, you know, looking ahead to 2021, from a depth chart standpoint, I think it makes the most sense as well. And look, I'm not talking down on any of the younger quarterbacks. I just personally am not a fan of young quarterback starters anymore at Miami. Um, you know, if the guy's a complete stud, sure, I get it. But I think Miami has gotten in a rut of continually playing freshman quarterbacks or redshirt freshman quarterbacks. And again, that can all work out. That can be fine. But I think at Miami, we've seen where, you know, if you roll out the freshman, it kind of stunts development and growth because that quarterback can feel, you know, somewhat entitled, which I think was, was the case with Jaron Williams. He felt like he could coast a little bit. I think in the case of Brad Kaya, who started as a true freshman, I don't think he necessarily felt entitled, but you know, there wasn't necessarily competition for him pushing him to maybe reach his ceiling. And honestly, we never saw that fourth year from Brad Kaya, which, which I think is a shame from a Miami standpoint. I mean, Brad made the decision he, he made and good for him in that regard. But I think on the flip side too, when you play freshman quarterback, freshman quarterbacks, I mean, unless you're like an Alabama level program, it does kind of wreck your quarterback recruiting 
for the next two years or so. And to me, that's a tough domino for Miami to try and overcome. Um, again, unless you land like a Tua Tagovailoa or, or that type of quarterback, I think playing freshman or redshirt freshman quarterbacks, you better make sure he's the dude and he's that guy. And so I think Miami should keep trying to add older quarterbacks that can play, you know, one year or two until they feel like those guys that are on the roster and developing uh, reach that point as well in terms of maturity and, and exp- or being older. Cause I think that matters at that position. That was a long rant. <laughs> it's a lot to unpack. Um, you bring up some good points and I do think like they, they're going to think long and hard at, at potentially bringing in transfer quarterbacks. I know the one that all fans want to know about is JT Daniels and right. you would have to think that um, JT has an idea where he's going or, or he's looking to play right away. So uh, I, I don't think you could, you could get him because he's probably banking on the one-time waiver getting approved and then he can go play wherever he wants in 2020. I, I will say this though, um, Talia Tagaviola, I know Miami made some contact with him um, before he picked Maryland. And I, I, from what I've heard, one of the reasons why he, he actually picked Maryland is because he's hoping to play right away in 2020 and get a waiver. So I don't, I think that's kind of one of the reasons why he didn't end up at Miami is because they were, Miami wanted him to sit and and then play. And I I guess the tag of Iola's went, went the second one to kind of see the field as soon as possible. So I think they're open to it. And I, you bring up a good point just about, about the youngsters. My question to you is would would you change your thought process if week one in, in 2021 was against, I don't know, Bethune-Cookman and, and not Alabama? I think that does matter. I, I think that matters a little bit. But ultimately, I'm just tired of the uh, trotting out the redshirt freshman year after, you know, every three years. It's a new redshirt freshman. I Look, I'm not anti-Tyler Van Dyke. I just, I would prefer him to be the starter in 2022. I'm always going to have that stance. And so I, can I tell you which grad transfers our quarterbacks are going to be available after this 2020 season? No, but I think we've seen this off season. There's going to be plenty to pick and choose from, you know, I mean, Jamie Newman went to Georgia, KJ Costello's at Mississippi state now. I mean, these are, of course, Derek King at Miami. These are, you know, pretty premier arms that can win plenty of games at the college level. And I think the amount of quarterbacks hitting the portal is growing each year. And so, yeah, there is some uncertainty trying to to bank on a, a grad transfer quarterback, but I think that's the situation Manny Diaz needs to be in because I think De'Ara King's going to bring them success. I think nine or 10 wins. He's got to keep that rolling though. Um, yeah. I don't know if, if you hand the reins to a redshirt freshman quarterback, if I was Manny Diaz, I necessarily wouldn't feel great about that. Um, again, not speaking down on Tyler Van Dyke. He brings a lot to the table that I like. 
And I do think I talk about redshirt freshmen being immature. I don't necessarily think Tyler Van Dyke is, is immature at all. I think he is a very mature guy for his age. Um, I just, I would prefer to see him be the guy competing for a starting job in 2022 rather than 2021. Oh, it's almost like you, you want to give him uh, the tools to succeed, I guess yes. is what you're saying, instead of what we saw from Jaron Williams uh, against Florida getting sacked 10 times. It's just, it, it's been a constant churn if you think about it. Like, I mean, Nikosi Perry was the next redshirt freshman that was going to be amazing at Miami. And, you know, it didn't really, it's been hit or miss, mostly miss. Jaron Williams, the next, the next great redshirt freshman at Miami, and that tailed off. Uh, Brad Kaya, he was a good college quarterback, there's no doubt. But again, I mean, did it pay off in the end? You didn't get that fourth year from Brad. I think if we got that fourth year from Brad, it would have been a much bigger deal because then you could recruit the position better. Um, you know, the, the issue with Brad being a freshman starter was – he scared away a bunch of potential quarterback recruits. Um, and again, in, in some ways that's a good problem to have, but it was still a problem. Um, you know, we, we go back to like Ja'Cory Harris back in the day. Again, I, I am all about mature guys at quarterback right now. And so I think Miami needs to keep working the grad transfer quarterback market after this season you know, after the 2020 season. And I think they'll be able to because I firmly believe De'Ara King's going to have a good season this year. Hi, I'm in, the, I'm in the same boat as well. And another reason why Miami would be attractive to a graduate transfer is they're not going to lose that much on, on defense. Um, yeah. I mean, at least that's what we think now. Who knows what it's going to be like. Uh, but I, I – was thinking about that in my head and I had that conversation with someone um, just in terms of like that, you know, it's going to be attractive. Like I still think the I think the offensive line on paper will be better because I think Isaiah Walker, Jalen rivers will be a year older. I think they are legit tackles and, and you know, in 2021 we'll see it on the field. D you know, you talked about defense. Yes. Let's assume Greg Rousseau and Jalen Phillips, leave early for the NFL draft worst case scenario let's assume you know along with Quincy Roche who of course is a senior Miami still brings Jafari Harvey to the table at defensive end and Chance Williams at defensive end who I think are two big time guys you also got Cam Williams who I think is an underrated defensive end so and I would argue the defensive tackle position will probably be stronger with another year of development and growth from that group uh, just getting older so I'm with you. I, I think I, I am high on Miami's 2021 roster outside of maybe starting quarterback. I, I think still that's going to be a missing piece like it is probably for this 2020 team before they got Derek King. Um, so I think it's going to be an easy sell. I mean, we touched about how Rhett Lashley has success with these types of quarterbacks. I think we're going to see it with Derek King. And, and also, too, I just think this is the way college football is trending. And I think Manny is kind of ahead of the curve in that regard as well. And he needs to kind of lean into it, like I keep saying. Yeah, it's, it's almost like becoming uh, free agency 
in one way. Correct. Which I honestly, I think that's a good thing for a school like Miami. Like Miami is an attractive place to live and play um, for transfers. And I think that can help kind of level the playing field for Miami to build a quality roster. They might not be able to recruit at the highest, highest level, like Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia. But I think they can uh, make up for those discrepancies via the transfer market. What else do you want to kind of get in before we... I have a question, and maybe you can't answer it, but do you have anything new with uh, Jared Williams, the uh, Houston offensive tackle transfer? Uh, It seems like, I mean, what? He was quoted in a recent story in The Athletic as he likes Miami, Baylor, Florida State, USC, uh, Ole Miss. Do you have anything new there? No, I I think uh, I keep using the word calculated with him, and that's what I keep hearing. I I know Miami thinks they're in a in a good spot. Um, Yeah. And and the thing that I I guess hurt I don't know if it hurts Miami, but they don't really have a a staff tie to um, Jared like. Baylor does with his former head coach, Joey McGuire there. I think Ole Miss's offensive right. line coach was at, at Houston, Randy Clements. So right. we'll, we'll see. Um, but I, I think there's the, not confidence, but like Miami doesn't, they haven't, they don't feel like they're not in it, if that makes sense, which is usually a good sign at, at this stage, especially in the graduate transfers. I think you kind of have an idea relatively early on whether or not you're going to be a player. And it sounds like, Sounds like Miami is, and I mean, honestly, like, when is the last grad transfer? When have they not got a grad transfer that they right. wanted? I was thinking about that. Tell me this. Tell me if I'm crazy. The way I'm reading it, the way I'm reading the tea leaves, it seems like Baylor, Miami, Ole Miss. Yeah, that's what I would think as well. Okay. And, and you know, the way I would read the tea leaves as well is Baylor close to home option, which I think matters during this pandemic time, you know, guys are kind of choosing to stay close to home if they have the option this year. Uh, But I do think like if the goal is to win and the goal is to improve your draft stock as much as possible, I think Miami is probably the most attractive. That's probably a Homer take. Um, but I think that's where Miami's strength in this recruitment is. And look, he also has played with De'Ara King. He knows what De'Ara King can bring to the table as well at quarterback. Right, 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 right. Um, and I mean, Miami, Miami's in year two with all those staffs there. Uh, all those, all those other schools are, are still in year one with Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss and, and Dave Aranda right. at Baylor. And you've mentioned too that uh, he's vacationed in Miami, so he he's <laughs> he's enjoyed South Florida. He knows what South Florida has to offer from that perspective. Um, For sure. All right, I think that's all the recruiting questions I would have. Okay, I got one for you. The uh, the running back, uh, Miami's making a move on. Remind me his name from my- Amari Daniels. Uh, yeah, Amari Daniels. What do we need to know there? Well, everyone seems to be worried about uh, Thad Franklin. And, you know, from my understanding, nothing has changed. He, he's still talking with Miami. And uh, I, I don't 
think they're going to have room to take two running backs this cycle. I think it's going to be um, just one because there's more needs at along the offensive line and wide receiver, but they have picked up contact with, with Amari Daniels. I mean, he's a guy who has been on campus before, but I, I'm reading more into that as um, them just making sure the board is, yeah. is stocked full of options. I mean, you never know what's going to happen um, this time last year. You know, Jalen Knighton was, was headed to Florida State. So I, I think that's that's more right. of what it what it is, and then, you know, it, you know how things circulate online. It just becomes right. a bunch of hearsay, and then that turns into to fact almost, or, or something like that. In reference to the Thad Franklin stuff, I I mean, look, he's a good player. You would always much rather Miami to hold on to him. It's a big deal if he doesn't decide to come to Miami. But I think it's it's important to remember exactly what Miami pulled at that position last class and Don Chaney and Jalen Knighton, who, I mean, both guys, in my opinion, are, are higher level players than Thad Franklin. I think both guys have a chance to be NFL backs. And so if Miami doesn't necessarily land a stud, stud, stud running back in this class, I'm not sure if that's the biggest deal in the world because of what they pulled last class, if that makes sense. No, I think you're you're absolutely right uh, on that. All right, should we wrap this thing up? Yeah, let's let's wrap it up. What do you got coming up uh, on the site here over the next few days? So I have I have an idea. I'm kind of working on. I'm gonna rank, and I don't know exactly how I'm gonna put this together yet, but I'm I'm gonna rank the top fifty talents on the roster. Um. So the guy, and, and this kind of takes experience out of the equation is what I'm kind of shooting for. And just like, who are the most talented guys on the roster, in my opinion? And I think it could be an interesting list because guys who haven't necessarily produced yet, I still think could rank fairly high on that list just because of their quote unquote talent. Um, I think one thing too, I want to touch on Andrew is, Starting Wednesday, I think through Friday, 24-7 Sports Network Wide is going to offer a 60% off annual subscription deal. So, you know, if you enjoy this podcast, want to jump in, get the VIP scoop that Andrew and Gabby Urrutia are constantly pumping with recruiting updates uh, on the website at insidetheu.com. I would encourage you to take advantage of that deal. I think it comes out to be about $45 or so, give or take a dollar or two. Um, and that's for a year's worth of coverage. You know, it means a lot to us if you support us in that regard. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I got. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't have anything that... Well, we special. got rankings. Yeah, rankings come out on on a uh, on Wednesday, and and there'll be more stuff. I mean, every day it seems like I'm writing some new recruiting scoop. And um, do you only, think? Let me ask you this: Do you think Jared Williams? Do you think he makes a decision by the end of this month? I I think so. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. So, stay locked onto the website. Yeah, for sure. All right, we'll talk to you guys next time. Take care.